When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker Podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com and fellow co-host, Matt Carter. I'm also joined by Wolfpacker staff writer, Ethan McDowell, and we are going to preview the 2022 NC State football season. Yes, we've been talking about the football season for many, many months in advance, but this is the official Wolfpacker 2022 football season preview podcast a week before game week. So this Saturday, week zero action will kick off in college football. NC State does not play week zero, but they do play noon kickoff on Saturday of week one against East Carolina. We will be back next week to preview that specific matchup and much more to come as we get into the college football season. But before we start breaking down what is to come this fall in Wolfpack football. Um, Some quick reminders for the listeners and viewers at home. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, you name it, we're there. We're also on YouTube, so you can watch us on our YouTube channel at the Wolfpacker YouTube channel. Uh, And please subscribe while you're at it. Give this video a like and drop a comment if you please. Uh, you can also follow us on social media, our main account at the Wolfpacker on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will. Matt Carter doesn't have a personal Twitter, but Ethan does. Give him a follow. He's a great follow. Probably a better follow than me. I'm just going to admit it. If you're an <laughs> NC State fan listening to this podcast, I haven't been tweeting much, but Ethan, he's on Twitter and he's got actual information to give you. So follow him at Ethan M. McDowell. That's at Ethan M. McDowell on Twitter. You can give us a like on Facebook too. NC State Wolfpack on the Wolfpacker.com. And lastly, head to the Wolfpacker.com and take advantage of the special deal right now for just a dollar. You can get a year's worth of premium subscription to the On3 network, which includes all of the great work at the Wolfpacker.com. Um, I mean, it's week zero of college football, so what better time than now to sign up for that service? Um, you can get the latest and greatest heading into uh, official game week of you know what the depth chart's going to be, what the comp- final competition battle rumors. Check out the message board. Get the inside scoop before NC State kicks it off against the Pirates Saturday, September 3rd at noon Eastern. Okay, guys, that's enough of uh, housekeeping. Let's talk some football. And I kind of want to start this off just as a recap of what's been going on in fall camp leading up to the season. Um, you know, quick, quick reminder for maybe not the, maybe not the loyal listeners. Maybe there's some listeners out there that tune out over the summer and then they come back in for the football season. So I'm the, I'm the West coast correspondent for this podcast here and, you know, living thousands of miles away from Raleigh, you know, maybe you're not paying attention to the minute by minute, detail updates coming out of fall camp around the Murphy Center. 
But these two gentlemen have, Matt Carter and Ethan McDowell, they're there practically every day for media availability, catching up on the latest and greatest of what's happening in fall camp. So, guys, I'm going to throw it to you. And maybe some of our listeners are in the same camp, you know, getting ready for football season. Give me the most intriguing storylines that have come out of fall camp of these past few weeks. I'll start with you, Matt, and then we'll go to Ethan. Yeah, I think um, one, are they still healthy? And so far, there's been no announcement. I guess no news is good news, right? And so we hadn't really heard any news about any injuries, at least not publicly. I know that there have been some, you know, guys banged up. We know about that. But, you know, so far, nothing that has spread to the need to announce anything. So, you know, maybe we'll get more on that front on Monday. That's when um, you want to be on the Wolfpacker.com on Monday. That's Dave Dorn's first game week press conference, first uh, weekly game notes. Shout out to Annabelle Myers. We do read the game notes here at the Wolfpacker. I know she always wonders if anybody reads them. I'm a loyal reader from uh, page one to page 30-something, whatever. Um, so, so that's one, and I would say the backup quarterback position. I'm, I'm probably stealing a lot of Ethan's answers, so sorry, Ethan, but I'm the old-timer. I get to do that. Um, I would say that the backup quarterback position, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of it just kind of, you know, you hear a lot of chatter about Jack Chambers coming in from Charleston Southern. He's a very good quarterback at Charleston Southern, second-team all-conference, top 20 in the FCS in passing yards and a couple other statistics. Yeah, a dual-threat kind of guy. Actually had a really good game against East Carolina last year, but um, – you, you heard about him, and obviously MJ Morris is true freshman, but I just kind of defaulted to that. Yeah, but Ben Finley's been here a few years. He'll he'll end up being number two. Right? And they gotta admit that it's competition, but it's really gonna be Ben Finley. And uh, it looks like we're wrong. I mean, it's been pretty clear that right now it's, uh, it's either gonna be Jack Chambers or MJ Morris at the backup quarterback with smart money, from what I understand, being on Jack Chambers. So. Did not necessarily see that that coming, and it also speaks to this NC State team got so much back that we're talking about their backup quarterback position battle as the main battle of interest. So that just shows you how kind of locked <laughs> locked in this depth chart really has been coming into this season. Well, when you have a veteran roster like NC State has, and I mean practically the entire starting lineup, you know, coming back with the exception of a a couple guys here and there, you know, plug in place, refill, you know, exchange those guys out. Backup battles begin. Ethan, how, you know, what's your prediction for the backup quarterback position? It's an important, it's an important role as NC State fans know from 2020, you know, all this hype about Devin Leary going into the season. Yes, he's expected to be one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the ACC, if not the country. But Devin Leary did get hurt in 2020, and uh, Bailey Hockman had a very important role for the completion of that 2020 season. Obviously, nobody hopes that that happens to Leary again in 2022, but if it did, this is an important conversation to have. So, Ethan, who's kind of your pick to end up securing that QB2 status, and um, would it be the same as you would pick? Maybe the pros and cons of each of the guys competing for that spot. Yeah, so when we talked to Tim Beck back in um, June, he mentioned that he kind of already knew 
um, what Ben Finley brought to the table and looking forward to seeing in the fall or fall for fall camp what MJ and then um, Jack could bring to the table. And um, I guess they must have really impressed because um, they have separated themselves from Wolfsburg. And um, that's, um, in my opinion, an exciting move for Wolfpack fans in the sense that if MJ's pushing for that position, he was a highly touted um, recruit. So the fact that he's already competing for that second string role as a freshman after only being on campus for a little bit is definitely a good sign. Um, that's a big thing. Obviously, um, Jack was a little bit of an unknown coming in, um, transfer from Charleston Southern, um, put up great numbers there in an air raid offense that um, is a lot different from what we're going to here. But um, um, Matt talked to him last week, and he's um, starting to pick up NC State's offense pretty well, and apparently well enough that Invex happy enough to um, – you know, considering one of the people in the running for the backup quarterback spot. I do think he'll end up um, winning out the job, and um, especially, hopefully, the backup quarterback won't have to play maybe perhaps this year, but um, if something was to happen here, I feel like they'd probably be more inclined to change those reps instead of burning more of his red shirt. No info on that. That's just my kind of gut feeling. But, um, yeah, I'd say Jack Chambers would probably be, if the season started today, was probably the backup quarterback. And yet, he even has experience playing. He, um, he had to play the while at Charleston Southern. So if he has to play, um, play for that in that week, um, he'll be a familiar opponent as well. Well, on my connection, I don't. I, hopefully, our listeners were able to hear everything that you said clearly. You were a little bit uh, the the internet connection might have been coming in and out a little bit on on your answer there, uh, Ethan. So I, I don't know if Matt had the same thing. Hopefully, our listeners heard him correctly. But I'm going to throw it to Matt just to kind of close out this conversation on Jack Chambers. So the deal with Jack Chambers, how much time did he play at Charleston Southern? Do you think this might be? just an experience move in terms of if something were to happen to Devin Leary, you know, Ben Finley, we saw him in limited snaps against UNC the year that Bailey Hockman was the backup quarterback in the UNC game at Keenan stadium that NC state lost handedly, um, you know, but Ben Finley, that's really been his only in-game action to this point, a couple series in Chapel Hill. Other than that, no experience. MJ Morris, obviously freshman, no, no game experience. Um, you know, does it give does it give you a little bit more of a, a veteran presence in that backup role? Uh, yeah, Justin, that that's an excellent point. Um, I I think that's a very real. I mean, I think Dave Dorn told us, uh, Ethan can correct me that they're part of the thinking of getting Jack Chambers was. You know, they felt like they were a little young, a little inexperienced at the backup quarterback position. And they were kind of fortunate that he agreed to walk on. Now, what's curious is I'm not 100% sure if he has one year or two years left. If he had two years left, it even makes more sense. The guy going to add to the quarterback competition post-Devin Leary. I think we all assume this is that uh, Devin Leary is planning on this being his last season at NC State. He is a fifth-year guy, even though he's technically listed as a redshirt junior. He's been in school for five years. Um, so, yeah, I think there is an experience factor to, to that. I, look, Jack Chambers last year, he played at East Carolina. Uh, the poor guy had to play Georgia's defense with his Charleston Southern teammates. 
uh, you can imagine that didn't go uh, particularly well. Uh, but who did well against Georgia's defense last year, right? But, you know, between seeing Georgia and live action, practicing against NC State, you know, Charleston shot him only lost by three points at East Carolina. He threw for 400 yards in that game, had a couple of touchdowns, ran for a touchdown. A little bit misleading on the score because Charleston Chudden kind of scored. Uh, they were down, I think, at 31-14 or something like that. Scored a couple fourth-quarter touchdowns to, to make it interesting. But um, I, I think you, you hit on it, Justin. I think there is an, a, kind of the experience older been de been there, done that, and you know we have to be realistic in today's college football world. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you kind of got to be upfront with the quarterbacks about where they stand in the pecking order too, right? Because it's not a position where guys tend to hang around if they're not not in line to be playing. So um, you have to kind of make decisions quickly. And, and move fast and be transparent about it. And it was probably the reason that Bailey Hockman was, you know, the definite QB2 back in 2020, which ended up being the correct decision because NC State ended up finishing that year strong with a strong record, advanced to the Gator Bowl. Of course, lost that game because several of the starters sat out, but that's that leads to a whole other conversation of the status of bowls and the current age of college football and you know basically if you're not in the college football playoff you got to take the results with a grain of salt because most of your key players are sitting out getting ready for the nfl draft but uh let's 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 move on to a talk about just kind of forecasting the year ahead i don't want to spoil your guys's plans to uh to publish the official season predictions uh, that'll be coming up in this next week or so here. Um, and you can find that at the wolfpacker.com. Matt Carter and Ethan McDowell are going to give their official regular season record predictions for NC state. Uh, I'm sure they will go into great detail about where they see the wins and losses on NC state's uh, schedule. Um, but maybe a good way to talk about this is to look at the over under win total for NC state in the eyes of the Vegas, uh, the Vegas casinos. NC State, for, for all intents and purposes, I've seen eight and a half seems to be the common number with NC State. If you bet the over, you need NC State to win nine or more games this season for that bet to cash. If you bet the under, NC State would need to lose or need to win eight or fewer games for that bet to cash. Um, looking at the schedule, I feel like the over is a pretty safe bet assuming this team stays healthy i'm going to throw it to you guys do you lean more towards the over or the under with that eight and a half win total i'm going to throw it to ethan here first i'm definitely leaning towards the over there i mean you return almost every single one of your starters from an nine win team. it makes sense that you should at least be able to replicate that nine win success especially if you stay significantly healthier than last year. I mean, you have a star quarterback who's going to be high draft pick, hopefully. You have a defense full of NFL draft picks. Um, the, combine that with the outcome that doesn't have any other ranked opponent, I think um, I think you're in a pretty good spot to hopefully hit that nine-win mark. And 
I know everyone in that building is hoping to get to 10. Uh, and of course, uh, do what very few NC State football programs have done before. Matt, are you are you also on the Overs Club? Is this an is this an Overs podcast? Uh, well, first of all, I believe Ethan's already officially put out at least one nugget of information because he actually went to ACC kickoff, right, Ethan? And you published. So did, did you had NC State winning the division, right? Yeah, I filled out my media bag and um, I, I picked NC State to win the entire conference, actually. So um, I, I know I'm new here, but I'm very, very uh, optimistic about NC State's chances going into the, um, the Strong move hope. by the rookie. Strong <laughs> move by the rookie to, to get in the good graces of the message boards in year one. So I was hoping you would go over on nine and a half. I mean, eight and a half if you, if you had him win him. I'm going to join Ethan. Um, I, have to, I think nine and, and a half would be a better over and under, personally. Because there are some tricky games which we'll talk about here, kind of. Yeah, you got, the two-o game to end the year could be very, very tricky. Louisville and UNC, you do have kind of Florida State in a very tricky spot coming to Raleigh just after you played Clemson in what may be the epic college game day, game day, primetime, ABC game the week before. Um, so there are some landmines. Going to East Carolina, you know how many times NC State won in Greenville? Once in program history. So, uh, it shouldn't be that way this year. It shouldn't, I mean, it should be a pretty sizable difference in talent, but, uh, you know, there might be some demons in Greenville uh, on, that, that, that are on the level of what NC State has to experience in Winston-Salem. You never know. So, there are some potential landmines, but what gives me peace of mind is this is an old NC State football team. They are so old. I mean, Justin's first full season was with 2020. That's three, this is the third season now, and you're, I feel like Justin and I have been talking about the same names uh, for three, going on our third season in a row. So that maturity factor, you would hope. I mean, they're so mature, they have six team captains this year. I've never seen six team captains on a team before. So um, that's why I feel better about taking the over on eight and a half. I'd probably take it over on nine and a half, too, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there might be a little homerism involved. Of course, this is the Wolfpacker podcast, but it's important. When talking about the win total, it's important to remember last year, the win total for NC State, I believe, was six and a half. Um, (laughs) And of course, NC State easily took care of that uh, with a nine win regular season. Probably, you know, could have got. I mean, if we look back on the 2021 regular season that Miami game NC State could have won that game the Mississippi State game NC State could have won that game so even in the games that they lost uh you know they were still right in it and could have even beaten that win total by even more it was a popular bet with many sharp college football bettors on the win total and I know NC State's again a popular bet to take the over on the win total 
Uh, it's just, you know, when you look at the, the national name recognition of a team like NC State, I think it's easier for Vegas odds makers to not have to not have to put them at their true market value because there's a lot of people, you know, outside of the North Carolina area that are like NC State, you know, ranked 13. Maybe I'm going to fade the preseason hype here, just kind of like kind of like a Texas or a USC where, you know, their win totals are super high and it's kind of based on speculation. NC State's is not based on speculation. It's based on a body of work the past two seasons of two strong seasons um, and most of those guys coming back. Now, you mentioned the landmines in the schedule, Matt. I think it'd be a fun little exercise for us to go around and talk about where those landmines are. Maybe the most potent landmines that you can see sitting here before the 2022 season kicks off. I think we're all in agreement on this podcast that the road game at preseason ranks number four or five. I don't know off the top of my head, but they're top five. Number four. Okay, Clemson. Yeah, of course. The terrible season last year, but uh, they're Still number four again. Games last year. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't have much of an offense. They they got quarterback problems. They've got they need a quarterback. Well, I will I will believe the Clemson hype when I see DJ Uyunglele or someone else step up and take advantage of that Clemson offense because they've clearly got weapons. They just had some of the worst quarterback play in the league last year. We'll see if they can turn the tides there. But what I was saying, I think we can all agree that the road game at Clemson is the toughest uh, opponent waiting on NC State's schedule this year. So we're going to discount that game. Other than the Clemson game, where do you see NC State's truest test coming on the schedule? Uh, Ethan, I will start with you. So other than Clemson, which is an interesting case, because like you said, they don't have the star quarterback that they usually have. But the rest of the division this year and the rest of the ACC has really quarterback play pretty much across the board and uh, so state's defense is going to get quite a test this year and uh, one that particularly is the road trip to Louisville. um that's the week before they face UNC who knows what 10 wins or division implication that and they have to travel to Louisville with um their quarterback Cunningham who's incredible he's complete quarterback who can really hurt you with his legs and hurt you through the air. And um, when you have as an electric quarterback as him paired with Louisville, which is an underrated home atmosphere when their stadium um, That game worries me a little bit, especially if the team looking ahead a little bit towards that rematchup with UNC. But um, yeah, I'd say that's probably the matchup that um, concerns me most, other than the trip to Death Valley. Okay, so we got one on the road game at Louisville, second to last game of the regular season. Matt, do you agree, or do you have a, a different opponent in mind? Yeah, I agree that Louisville definitely a landmine just because Malik Cunningham. I mean, look, I'm going to be real. I think Malik Cunningham, if everything goes right for Louisville, Malik Cunningham yeah, we did a podcast with Eric McLean that will also be coming on the uh, site soon from the ACC Network. Now, he said Malik Cunningham could be in New York at the end of the year for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. He's right. I mean, he's that electric. 
doesn't have the playmakers that a Lamar Jackson had around him when he was at Louisville. I mean, they, they, the receiver is a major question mark at Louisville, but that's definitely one, just because of Malik Cunningham. Uh, I know NC State fans don't want to hear this, but UNC could be a sneaky one because I actually think they have a lot of young talent that is returning. There's still some question marks. The biggest is, can the quarterback hold up? And do they have a, a proven a guy who's going to prove himself at quarterback? But if they do get a guy who proves himself at quarterback, and some of these younger guys that, that kind of took their lumps last year actually get better, which is another question mark, uh, that could be a sneaky one. But I'm kind of going to off the board here. I'm going to go with Florida State. Uh, I, this, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I say that because I'm looking at a screen with my prediction that I'm about to post as we're recording this podcast, um, of my prediction of Florida State, just the position on the schedule. It's a week after the Clemson game. And I don't think Florida State, I think Florida State has kind of turned the corner from subpar bad teams to starting to get back to respectability. They're not a good team. They're not going to be a great team. They're not going to be a really good team. But they've kind of turned that corner from no longer being bottom of the ACC, not a bold team. I think that's my opinion. I, I you know, I think they've kind of, uh, they, they, they're getting within striking range of, of getting back to being uh, one of those middle bold teams, you know. It's a process for them. I hope those fans understand it. They're not going to flip the switch and be a title contender again all of a sudden. But where Florida State is on the schedule, concerns me because yeah, it's a Florida State team that, that did play Notre Dame to overtime last year. They did beat UNC in Chapel Hill last year. Did they beat Miami? Or did Miami beat them? I know it was the last second game last year. Um, uh, Florida State? Yeah. I, don't, I think Miami, I think Miami won. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And they got a quarterback when he starts, he wins more than he lost. And got to remember, NC State did not play against Jordan Travis last year because they had a flu bug that went through the team. And there was a big difference between Jordan Travis and uh, was it Mackenzie Morgan or something like that uh, at the backup quarterback. So that's my sneaky game to watch. Florida State, just because of where it is on the schedule. It is in Carter Finley Stadium, which is like, the house of horrors for Florida State. I get that, but um, that's my sneaky landmine to watch. Otherwise, I kind of agree with Ethan. Louisville probably the most credible, you know. After Clemson and Wake Forest, that would probably, I mean, we all know Wake Forest. If Sam Hartman's healthy, will be a tricky game, too. Well, I, I like those picks. Uh, you know, Florida State and Louisville, the common denominator is you have a very skilled uh, dual threat quarterback on the other end that can can burn you. I mean, can straight up burn you. And I mean, look back a couple a, a couple seasons ago when NC State played Miami at home in Carter Finley Stadium, and De'Ara King went off and had probably the best game of his college career on a Thursday night against NC State. NC State lost that game by just a field goal. Played a strong game pretty much all around just could not have an answer for De'Ara King and it's always dangerous when you face a team that's got uh, a quarterback that is that skilled which you know 
and, and, and the same can be true on the other side. I mean, that's why NC State has so much respect going into this season is because you don't want to see Devin Leary on the other sideline. He is a guy that has proven that he can burn you. And not only can he burn you for 60 minutes, he can really burn you in the last two minutes of, of the game with some of his late, you know, late game heroics and just two minute drive uh, efficiency numbers. Uh, I, I respect both of those picks. I think this NC State schedule is filled with landmines. I mean, when you look at the schedule as a whole, the Clemson, the Clemson game to me is the one game that I see NC State will be the for sure underdog going into. Um, other than that, I could see a scenario that NC State is favored in every single other game than the road game at Clemson. Um I, I kind of lean more towards Ethan's pick of at Louisville just because it's on the road, but I, I'm going to throw something else out there. And what I've been telling people about, you know, I get asked a lot, NC State, preseason number 13, you know, especially by people that aren't familiar or very in the know with ACC football and NC State. What, what, do, you th- what do you think about that preseason ranking? Like, ah, it, make, it makes me a little uneasy because – you know, being an NC a follower of NC State for 25 years, it, it seems to be always the years that the uh, the expectations are high, that where the pain always seems to be the highest as well. Uh, and I've been telling them, look, I'm not I'm not even that concerned about the road game at Clemson because if they lose that game, that was the result to be expected. If they win that game, then they've got quite the season that they can be building upon. I'm most worried about the bookends of the schedule. I'm worried about the the opener at Greenville, a noon kickoff, week one. Like if you had if you had ECU in week ten, that game wouldn't give me as much concern. But the fact that you get them right out of the gate on the road, you know, ECU's another pro kind of they're kind of like the Florida State of the American Athletic Conference, a, a program that has certain expectations. I mean, we can all remember, you know, it wasn't that long ago that ECU was consistently winning eight, nine, ten games a season, flirted with the top twenty-five every year, was going to pretty competitive bowl games, and taking down ACC opponents pretty much on a regular basis. Now, ECU has not gotten back to that point in recent seasons, but they certainly be tr- they certainly se- seem to be trending back in the right direction. Um, and, you know, the football culture in Greenville, man, I mean, this is what they've been waiting for for months. I mean, they, they have circled September 3rd on their calendar. There's going to be people tailgating at 7 in the morning. That's going to be a hot day in Greenville, North Carolina. There's going to be 50,000 drunk pirates, uh, you know, I'm sure politely greeting the Wolfpack as they arrive into Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. On paper, NC State is by far the better team. And if they go and they execute and they take care of business and they don't let the, uh, you know, the pageantry of the moment get to them, I think they win that game by a couple touchdowns. But that's going to be a game that's important to start quickly. I think uh, if you're NC State, you don't want to be going into halftime down a touchdown in week one on a road contest to a team that you should be beaten probably by a couple. Um, but the game that concerns me even more is that, that finale at Carolina. Just because you think about the implications of what that game could mean 
to both of those programs. I mean, we're talking about the Atlantic Division with NC State and Clemson being by far the two favorites to take on to take the Atlantic Division. The Coastal's a lot more wide open. And yes, Miami seems to be the conventional favorite to win the Coastal, but they kind of always seem like the conventional favorite to win the Coastal. And how often does that end up panning out? Uh, you know, you've, you've also got Pittsburgh coming back with, you know, Keaton Slovis, a transfer quarterback that should be, you know, a nice replacement for Kenny Pickett. And they're always going to have uh, a strong defense under Pat Narduzzi. But, uh, you know, they're another contender. I wouldn't sleep on UNC either as a contender in the Coastal Division. I think after UNC's disappointing 2021 campaign where they were the preseason top 10 team and finished 6-6 six and six in the regular season, lost the Belk Bowl to South Carolina, you know, people kind of shy away from them in terms of preseason expectations, but I would expect them to get back to probably an 8 or 9 win season if I'm the Tar Heels. And they would love nothing more than to spoil – NC State's chances at going to an ACC championship game. Assume, you know, think about NC State going into that game needing a win to get to the ACC championship. I think it could help the Wolfpack in terms of giving them an extra motivation to make sure they show up as if there wasn't enough already when you go to Chapel Hill. But it could also hurt in a way where eh, you get you get to the third quarter and it's a tight game and all of a sudden this becomes a stressful situation for both sides. So those bookends of the season, they concern me. The rivalry factor, the fact that they're both away from home, um, and just the potential for those to be bone-crushing losses for the fan base. I mean, it'd be one thing to lose a game to Florida State or Louisville, but if your season, if, if the rock in the road you hit is an ECU or a UNC, that hurts even worse. Um, so th- those, are, those are my landmines, but... You know, really, I think NC State's going to be favored in both of them. I'm going to pick NC State to win both of them. I just, those games give me reasons for concern. I don't know if you guys feel similarly about either of those two. I'll say this about ECU. I get it. I get the concern. But uh, the last time they played was 2019. That was a bad, that was an NC State team that ended up being decimated by injuries. Um, but they were five touchdowns better than East Carolina that day and so East Carolina has about five touchdown difference to make up home field and make up for maybe one of them but and they're better East Carolina gotten better since 2019 but guess what so is NC State you know NC State this is a potential top 10 team if everything goes right and eventually that asserts itself in a game right where so that believe me I get it I understand the ECU Hype bung, you know, about the game, first game, expectations, right, road, everything. ECU went to a bowl game last year. They have a super senior quarterback who's a good player. But um, let's not forget, there's a large gap that ECU has to close on NC State from when they last. Because, you know, that was the opener in 2019. Let's remember the season ender in 2018. What was the final score of that game? 58-3? to or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a hell of a gap. I, you look, UNC is the sneaky one because, and I, and I don't want to expand on it too much because, you know, but I'll say this it could be an important game just in terms of the immediate future of both those programs. Look, UNC kind of staked the claim as being the in state school on the rise. You know, Mac Brown 
uh, got there and uh, uh, you know they were a surprising team in year one which happened to be 2019 when NC State had that injury riddled season they used that to dominate in-state recruiting uh, we're kind of seeing the tide turn a tad bit and uh, we noted after Kevin Concepcion committed there were three players that officially visited in the state of North Carolina. Important clarification. In-state players that visited officially in June, both NC State and UNC. All three are committed to NC State right now. Um, and if Keith Sampson from Newburn ends up at NC State, that'll be four players who officially visited NC State and UNC, and all four would be at NC State. Um, and even if Sampson doesn't pick NC State, the pack beat out UNC because he's no longer considering UNC. It's basically, does he stay committed to Florida State or go to NC State? So, um, UNC needs this season to kind of say, hey, you know, that, that, those first couple years under Mac weren't, weren't a fluke. Uh, last year was a fluke. And as for NC State, if I win over UNC and a big season, no matter what UNC does, NC State can come and say, hey, you know, they had that moment in the sun, but we're still the better program, and we came out on top, and, you know, we're the, we're the program of the future. Um, so, it could be a lot riding on that game. That, so that only adds to the uh, jittery feelings you might have about, about the game, because it's a rivalry game that actually kind of sneaky, important game for both programs going for 2024 recruiting and, and what have you. Uh, let me let me ask you guys both this before we move on to our last uh, topic and close out this podcast. Could you see those two teams running it back a week later in Charlotte after they uh, finish the regular season in Chapel Hill? I can. I don't think so, but I can see it. Um, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, Ethan? I think there's definitely two teams I'd put ahead of UNC before picking them to win the Coastal. But if, if Drake May, who was just named starter for them uh, at quarterback, if he ends up being like, I don't know, like 70% of what Sam Howell was for them and have an improved offensive line, maybe. But um, I, I know we say it every year. I had picked Miami in my preseason ballot. I That happened every year. Um, I do think they are equipped to compete in the Coastal. And then Pittsburgh, I think I'd um, pretty decidedly pick them over UNC as well. But it's possible. I'm, I'm with you there, but it's just the the fact that we just saw Duke and UNC play in the Final Four. It's almost like fate has a funny way of working these things out. And wouldn't that just be the, I mean, the, the anxiety level in Raleigh if that were to happen, NC State's premier special season and opportunity to win the first ACC championship since the 70s, and who do you have to beat? Oh, you got to beat UNC, uh, the team that you faced the week prior in Charlotte. Well, uh, last thing that I want to go, go around and ask you guys before we close out this podcast, I, I want some bold predictions for the 2022 season. They can be record-related. They can be individual game based they can be um player predictions in terms of accomplishing a record or winning winning a uh, end of season 
award, uh, anything. But I want bold predictions from all three of us. I'm going to start with Ethan. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I, I have put the rookie on the spot. Yeah, you can give you can give you can give two out. I think um, Keon Lassane, he's a receiver for NC State. I think he's going to be the breakout guy at um, outside receiver. Um, we watched him a little bit in a small bit of practice. We didn't get to see at the beginning of camp, and um, he was electric. He had a couple really, really nice plays. It looks like he has a great connection going here, and. Um, the, the talent in that receiver's room is honestly just, a, I think, a little underrated. And I think we could. there's a few people who could really step up and make some noise there, especially catching balls from Devin Leary, which obviously helps. But I think I think he can have a really big year opposite of um, Devin Carter. And then also, I think um, Devin Van is going to lead the team in sacks. I don't know how bold that really is. Um, he had um, four last year after um, starting, I believe, the last three games. And all the buzz out of training camp is that he's um, really sharpened his skills and he's ready for a big year. year and um, I think he'll have one. All right. I, li- I like both of those. Uh, and both seem to be pretty bold. I mean, you know, Keon Lassane maybe a little bit bolder than Davin Van. But, I mean, Davin Van's got some competition. Corey Durden's still on that defensive line. He's still got Savion Jackson. He's still got some dudes that could accumulate some sacks and – now, are you saying he's going to lead sacks on the defensive line or he's going to lead the team in sacks? Because you've also got that strong linebacker group to worry about. Yeah, no, I'd say um, other than him, I'd, I'd be worried about uh, – or not worried, but um, I think Isaiah Moore could lead the team in sacks. When Before his injury, he was leading the team. And that was for loss, who says he couldn't lead the team in sacks this year. But I'm going with Diamond Van. I'll say the, he's going to lead the entire team in sacks. I like it. Give the big fella some love. Okay, Matt, your bold prediction. I've given you I've given you time to compose your thoughts. Yeah, uh, I feel like the rookie's showing me up by doing two. Uh, oh wow! I, don't okay. know well, I mean, you. I mean, you can throw you can throw two out there if you want. No, nah, I won't. Nobody's, nobody, nah. nobody's stopping you. Nope. Nah, I'm gonna go with one. Okay. The running game will be better in twenty twenty two than it was in twenty twenty one. Oh come on, that's. Hey, look. It's not bold. Uh, well, everybody not... says, no icky, no bam night, no rookie person. I'm going to come out and tell you that I think Jordan Houston and Demi Sumo Conbaye, I believe it's how you, I apologize if I got that wrong, Demi, um, will come out and entry state will have a better rushing offense. Yeah, remember, at the end of last season, it was not a very good rushing attack. In, in the last the whole year. But it started out okay against yeah. like the South Floridas of the world, and, and but yeah, by the end of then, part of it was when you had to play Power Five defensive lines, then there was a problem. Yeah, and I think part of it too. I think they would go back and admit, okay, I guess Wake Forest they gave up 300 yards a game rushing, and we threw the ball 50 times. Maybe that overdid it, right? Yeah. And, and kind of in hindsight, would change how they approached the game a little bit. But I'm gonna tell you that. There are a lot of people are questioning the running game. Some are even saying is it necessary when you got Devin Leary to worry about it. I'm going to come out my bold prediction. By the end of the year, the running game will be better than it was in 2021, despite all the losses. And I do think that's a bold pick. Oh, well, the, the fact that you're <laughs> – yes, the fact that you lose Bam Knight and you lose Ricky Person, you lose Ikea Kwan, you makes it 
acceptable for a bold pick, but I mean, come I on, you know, NC right. State's NC State's run offense was. Uh, yeah, I I think they also hope that they're better than they were last year. But this is coming from the guy, Ethan. I asked Justin about uh, his uh, favorite NC State player. Damn Knight saw saw New York New York Jets, baby. Preseason touchdown. He's he's trying to make that uh, fifty-three man roster up in New York. I feel like every editorial meeting Justin had. Should we do something on Bam Knight? Hear me out, Bam Knight. <laughs> well, at least at least uh, I'll, I'll be interested to see if we have a you know a carries competition debate last. Uh, this year as opposed to last of course you know the, the always the conversation is we need to feed bam knight more 2021 you know for him and ricky person sharing snaps maybe uh maybe it'll be the same thing in terms of a running back uh duo with sumo as well maybe not maybe houston will be kind of the primary ball carrier there we'll just have to wait and see um Okay, well, you guys, you guys pick kind of more, you know, inside the weeds things. I'm gonna give the people what they want. I'm gonna give them some red meat. I'm gonna say that NC State is gonna go down to Clemson, South Carolina, in Week Five, and they're gonna beat the Tigers uh, on the road on a college game day game. Uh, I mean, maybe you guys will end up picking NC State over Clemson when it comes to game week. You got your season predictions coming out. Maybe you're saving it. I don't have anything to save, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna lay my cards out there. I think I think NC State's straight up better than Clemson. I think if you remove the names from these two teams, um, and you just looked at the rosters, and you just looked at the returning production, and you just looked at the at the coaching staffs, um, I think that the media consensus going into the season would be that NC State would be the higher-ranked team and would be the team that would be picked to win the Atlantic Division. Um, I think Clemson's getting a lot of credit for their name in that in that preseason number four ranking. Um, it, it it troubles me to see a team ranked in the top five that doesn't that has quarterback questions. You know, I know DJ Uyunglele lost some weight this offseason, and that was the buzz in preseason camp and Dabo went to Charlotte and said how confident he is in DJ. But what's he supposed to do? Is he supposed to show up to Charlotte and say, you know what, this guy actually sucks? No, he's not going to do that. He's trying to give the guy some confidence. But this is not a Clemson team with a Trevor Lawrence. This is not a uh, Clemson team with a Deshaun Watson under center. So I like NC State going down there. And you know what? Everybody says Clemson's defense is so good. I think NC State's is better. They got they got better guy they got just as good guys returning and I like NC State's linebacker core even more than Clemson's I like NC State's secondary more than Clemson's so give me the Wolfpack over the Tigers in Clemson do I think NC State goes 12 and 0 this year mm, not so fast because there are plenty of landmines in the schedule as we discussed earlier in this podcast. They're going to stub their toe somewhere along the way, whether it's Louisville, whether it's Florida State, whether it's UNC or ECU or, heck, even, you know, Wake the game we didn't bring up, wouldn't it be something if Wake Forest comes to Carter-Finley Stadium and that is the game that Sam Hartman returns <laughs> to the lineup and you get a motivated Demon Deacons team that was, you know, a preseason top 25 squad, lost their quarterback in the preseason, and he heroically shows up back and returns in Raleigh. That would be something that would make me a little bit nervous, but 
yeah, give me NC State over the Tigers. That's my bold prediction. Um, and I think I think I think that's going to do it unless anybody's got any other bold predictions they wanted to throw out there. It's kind of hard to top that one, Justin. Um, bold. Uh, well, I mean, the the ultimate mic drop would have been like college football playoff. I thought that's where we were headed. I'm not going to lie. No. no. <laughs> now, I will say that NC State could be could be this year's Cincinnati. Uh, like if you were to if you were to paint the best case scenario for this NC State team going into the season, the storybook scenario, but within re- within realistic terms, like we're not going to sit here and say NC State's going to beat Alabama in the national championship. You know that would that would lose all of our credibility here. But it, but I think there is a path for NC State to go twelve and zero this season. I think there is a path for NC State to win the conference, and if those things happen. Why wouldn't the Wolfpack be the number four seed going into the college football playoff? It would be huge for the program. Might be a tough loss in the semifinal, but you know what? I think everybody would take that. And uh, on that note, we're gonna we're gonna end this podcast and wait for our East Carolina preview podcast coming out next week. I'm gonna wrap us up. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to us: Apple, Spotify, Google Play wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, you can watch this on YouTube. Please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, Give this video a thumbs up and also drop a comment while you're at it. I like to give ideas for our listeners to drop comments. So maybe here's the idea. Why don't you say your game that gives you the most concern uh, other than Clemson on the schedule this year? I'd like to see what the people think are the landmines for the Wolfpack this year. Uh, follow us on social media. You can follow our main account at the Wolfpacker. You can follow me personally at Justin H. Will. Uh, you can follow Ethan, more importantly, at Ethan M. McDowell on Twitter. Um, and also head over to thewolfpacker.com. Take advantage of that special deal. For just a dollar, you can get a year's worth of premium subscription right in time for football season. It'll take you up all the way till uh, late preseason 2023. So, uh Take advantage of that deal. You won't regret it. And I'm sure everyone will be anxiously awaiting next week's podcast when we preview NC State and the Pirates week one. Until then, gentlemen, for Ethan McDowell and Matt Carter, I'm Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.